0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Cyber Empowerment Podcast. Today, we have the honor to be here with Mr. Munir. Munir is a seasoned professional in the cybersecurity field and has a career spanning multiple decades with multiple prestigious roles. His experience includes leadership positions at renowned companies such as Microsoft, and Namcha Business Solutions, as well as founding and leading his own companies such as Recruit Talent and SYS USA Inc. Munir's expertise in cybersecurity is not just in the corporate role. He's also made significant contributions to public service, notably with Prince William County Board of Supervisors and the Northern Virginia Regional Commission. We're thrilled to have Munir on our podcast today. Munir, would you like to take a moment to introduce yourself?
1: Thank you very much, Earn. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. And uh, so my career goes back 30-plus years, uh, starting as a help desk technician. And uh, I have traveled the journey to where I am today, going through a lot of changes. And uh, my security kind of knowledge goes back to when I do not know Most likely, uh, I think I would say almost 20 years, 20 plus years ago, when we had the uh, the clock changing on the servers and uh, 1999, 2000 was coming, and nobody knew what the consequence of 2000 was going to be, and that that triggered something interest in security in me, and then uh, eventually working in Microsoft, kind of getting to know the global, uh, you know, impact of security and security issues which is nothing compared to what we see today. Today's security world is a different. And at times we talk about, there was a time when batch files or the viruses used to be released once a year and we'll install them for the year and then we'll be done for the year. Now the batch, (laughs) the virus definitions are every millisecond updated with new and updated. So the world definitely has gotten more complicated and a lot more challenging for security professionals. I kind of, focus on the policy governance risk side of the house mainly and not on the technical nitty-gritty of it to help develop the programs. That has been my passion, you know, uh, Looking forward to kind of uh, engaging with you and seeing how we can benefit others.
0: Thank you. So many students I feel like they often confuse cybersecurity for just internet safety like not sharing your passwords what is your definition of cybersecurity
1: cybersecurity in my definition is a very fancy word that came into being just a few years ago we used to call it information security and it still is information security if you look at under the under the hood of cyber what are you protecting you're protecting information whether it's in the cloud whether it's anywhere else on your laptop desktop your bank information you're all you're doing is protecting information so any information that is of value and can be used by somebody to hurt you or take financial advantage of you is basically need to be protected. So from my perspective, cyber is protecting data, no matter where it resides, how it resides and ensuring that it doesn't, nobody has access to it unless and until they're authorized to it. And it can be in technical, it can be non-technical, or it can be just basic hygiene, just doing the right thing. You know, cyber is not something kind of, you know, uh, another thing that like I have been a mentor for the school, high school kids. I used to part of the uh, Prince William Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I used to lead their uh, technology. I was a chair of the technology group. I have also served on the George Mason Universities on the board of advisors uh, uh, as an uh, advisor. And what we used to do on a monthly basis, I used to host sessions with uh, the high school kids because the question was, Cybersecurity security as a career and what does it mean many times it meant that somebody is going to get paid a lot of money if we get a cybersecurity. security not always the case so you know cybersecurity is honestly what you want to make of it it could be policy it could be compliance it could be getting into those weeds and reconnaissance and stuff like that or it could be just you know simple vulnerability scanning tool been just handing out there and managing the vulnerabilities.
0: Thank you. So you so you mentioned um, your work at the Northern Virginia Regional Commission, where you help prepare the youth for careers in cybersecurity. I kind of want to touch on that. So based on your experience there, for high school students interested in cybersecurity, what type of subjects or skills would you recommend them to focus on? Like. Are there any particular programming languages or technologies they should learn?
1: So cybersecurity does not necessarily require a programming language, but it does require an understanding of what you're protecting. One of the things that I have looked at and come across when and when I was saying that we do this with the high school kids, I used to do that on a regular monthly basis. The The question was, you know, the question I used to ask when these, there were like 100 kids literally in the room, it says, why do you want to do cybersecurity and I never was able to get an answer and the answer usually was you know if there was an answer it was well my cousin does it you know he's making a lot of money or somebody in the, uh, else I know does it he has a nice car to drive so it was all financial but when you look at you know when you're taking a cybersecurity path it's a, it's a it's a challenging path and it's a very stressful path it can get very stressful you need to like what you see in front of us and i like my own career path journey when i started back in uh then back in the days i have taken programming classes i have taken literally all the programming classes i took network infrastructure i took everything that was available those days and not there was not a whole lot and i found interest in network because there was i was touching the devices i was getting the devices even though I took a lot of these things because computer was a big thing those days. I'm talking about the uh, late 80s, computer was, you know, you knew the computer, you got the job. So there is compliance within cybersecurity. There is risk management in the cybersecurity. There is hardcore, basically, you know, uh, reconnaissance. There is threat, inter- threat uh, detection and all that. So there are multiple verticals in cybersecurity. Find your niche first. Where do you want to be? Are you somebody who's interested in looking at designing the program? from the, you know, governance and compliance perspective? Or are you somebody who likes to be hands-on watching the screen, watching the hackers, watching what's happening on the network and being able to kind of react to it? Or are you somebody who wants to just kind of be behind the desk and kind of work on the on, on the dark website, trying to find what's going on there and then try to see what's, what else is happening? You have to find your niche first. Where is that your interest lies? Unfortunate part is, I will tell you this also, colleges nowadays, do a very bad job of training you for the career, and you go into the classroom, you're being basically thrown a book at you which has very limited stuff in it. And this there is no, and when you come to the real world, I have had people who have done masters in cybersecurity come and work with me. And when they come to the job, I say, Okay, what did you learn? Oh, we I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And the first thing I throw at them, they're not able to even do anything. They're like, What is this? I said, This is called real world.
0: What you just described to me kind of reminds me of an article. I saw in the Wall Street Journal titled The The New Hires of Twenty Twenty Three Are Unprepared for Work. And I think this has been a perennial theme in our current education system, a striking a balance between knowledge based and skill based training.
1: So find your niche first. Then once you've found your niche, kind of whether it's a compliance or- then look at what are the tools available, like policy and compliance is one of the risk management is one of the areas where you develop the governance, where you're basically into the writing of the policy structure, looking at the programs, look at the strategies, looking at all these different things that the company must do in order to protect their data. Then there is technical aspect of when you develop the strategy that you must do this, there's a technical component of it, then what technologies do they need to implement? That's another vertical where you can look at what technology do you want to be familiar with or you want to be in the familiar of? where you're in the hardcore in front of the hackers all the time trying to defend, or you want in the back end where you're basically kind of preparing the companies with implementing technologies to prepare to defend against them, rather than kind of being in the front end. So look at your own interests first before you look at where in the cybersecurity you want to be.
0: Do you think like taking certifications and CISSP exams or the security plus exams would also be helpful?
1: The way I will look at it, You give somebody a really nice expensive car and he doesn't know how to drive. What good is that car to them? (laughs) Nothing. So the first thing they get in there, the possibility of crashing that car is significantly high. What I will say is hands-on experience definitely is the only way to go. But security certifications help. Because you can go in to any company and ask for an opportunity. Yes, you can get as an intern or seller, but even then you are asked to do the certain certifications. So taking certain certifications from the college and you have Security Plus, I will not say go to CISSP in the very get go, because as a college student, you can go for the CISSP exam. You will get provisional certification. You will not be certified as a in a fully full certification because you need. Five years of experience to become uh, CISSP certified. So Take some of those uh, basic certifications where you have the Cisco has some certifications, Security Plus is there, uh, Net Plus is there, Microsoft has some security certifications. Take some of those fundamental security certifications that broaden your, you know, uh, kind of mind and kind of help you see, kind of paint a broader picture of what security really looks like. Because if you take the Security Plus, it talks, it has a very limited scope. It talks for certain because it's a foundation course. Then if you go grow from there, now you look at, you know, Microsoft tools. You look at other vendor tools. You look at you know scanners and all that stuff. You gain your knowledge in those areas by kind of going into those and gaining the knowledge and getting service so that when you walk into a job, you have an opportunity. They might use one of those tools, they might use one of those technologies, it becomes an easy qualifier for you and also it allows you to then position yourself for growth. Because you know you have a little bit knowledge of that particular tool or particular you know area of the security, now you can take and enhance it further and go where you need to go.
0: Thanks for the guidance. I'm glad to hear that as an employer, you feel that professional certifications do actually matter. I've also been encouraging my fellow peers to follow my uh, learning path in obtaining the Microsoft Azure certifications. You've, You've worked in the private sector with companies such as Microsoft and Namtra Business Solutions, and also in public service as we mentioned before with the Prince William County Board of Supervisors. How do these experiences compare with each other and do you think there's anything that students could take away from your diverse career path?
1: Government and commercial, public sector, private sector are two completely different areas. In commercial, what I have seen in my career, you are always on the cutting edge in the front lines because corporations had to worry about their stocks and the stock prices and the shareholders and the shareholder interests. So any kind of a cyber attack can really hurt the corporation. We have seen many breaches. We have seen the Target breach, we have the Sony breach, we have seen many others whereby we have seen how the stocks plummets and how it impacted the bottom line of the company. But if you're looking for growth and learning start with the commercial sector you might end up in the government sector eventually as somebody at a c level or somebody at a higher level where you are actually able to make an impact but uh you know on an entry level i will always recommend people to go in the commercial space because you're going to wear multiple hats and you're going to deal with multiple things which will enable you to grow and provide you exposure to multiple things rather than being siloed in one small area
0: you've worked as We've talked about in the private and public sector. You've worked many different jobs involving cybersecurity for decades now. How has your average workday changed for you over the course of your career?
1: It's challenging. Uh, There is never a dull moment. That's all I I can say. So because uh, the, the industry we deal with or the industry we work in, it's just like, you know, you have to be on your toes all the time because the people on the other side are always on the toes and they're trying to do their best to damage uh, you. So you want to be ahead of the curve. You have now access to resources that people have in the remote corners of the world, whereby they can you know, cause a significant damage to any company. Particularly when you look at the small businesses, you're always trying to kind of find out when you're dealing with the customers, how to best help them, you uh, know, kind of increase resilience and protect themselves against these, uh, you know, threats. And people are basically targeting those areas. And you know, we have you know industrial control systems, whereby they were protect, they were air gap for a long time, but now things have changed, and as a result of that, there is a huge risk in that o- operations technology space. There is never a dull moment in my life. It's just staying abreast of what's going on on there. It's a constant learning. Uh, just like the, in the medical field, the doctor needs to be always aware of what new disease and what new medicine are coming out. You have to be always aware of what are the new vulnerabilities out there and what are the new threats.
0: Kind of switching gears a little bit, as you yourself are a part of a minority group working in the cybersecurity industry, have you faced any specific challenges throughout the course of your career as a result of your uh, background?
1: that's a very uh, tough question so the reality is there is a glass ceiling and uh, have I personally faced anything like that the answer I will say not really but have I felt it the answer is yes Uh, you know one thing when you are when you are knowledgeable and you demonstrate your skills it's very hard for people to stand in your path but if you are just pushing yourself just you know bare minimum and then kind of uh, leveraging that minority card oh i'm it's happening because i'm a minority or because i'm this and because i'm that you are not helping anybody but you are hurting yourself This is the land of dreams where every dream can come true. The only only thing that stops you is yourself. If If you keep your bar low, you will not grow. Keep the bar as high as possible, even if you believe it's unreachable. But even when you try to stretch yourself to reach it, you will reach much higher than that low bar that you might set up yourself. So, you will be surprised at how high you can go if only you keep on jumping and every jump is higher.
0: Thank you, Munir. I know this is a very personal and uh, emotional topic, and I'm really enlightened by uh, what you have told us you know, to focus on the positive and to turn challenges into a motivating force to become <laughs> uh, the best in the trade. So, switching gears now. Could you share a little bit about your role as the Vice Chair of Communications and Controls Cybersecurity Working Group at the American Public Transportation Association? And how, how does cybersecurity impact everyday things like public transportation, for example?
1: So, after American Public Transportation Association's uh, CCSWG is Cyber, uh, Communications Control Cybersecurity Working Group, in their uh, and I'm also the chair of Operations Technology Cyber Maturity Framework in there, which is a framework that I'm one of the authors of. That is uh, basically for the entire transit system, the ground, the surface transportation systems, how to protect their cybersecurity. So it's, it's a it's a framework for how to implement certain things, what you should be looking for, and things like that. Uh, transit, when you look at train system or buses or anything else you look at kind of surface transportation here there is operations technology there is IT which is information technology there's OT that's operation technology which is also industrial control system ICS and uh, SCADA systems Uh, these are basically when you look at the transportation I'm not going to talk about IT when you look at the OT ICS SCADA these are systems that control your Nuclear power plants that control your utility grids, that you control your water supply, that control your train uh, control systems, and all these stuff—they have technology components in them. And there was a time when these systems used to be called air gap system, where they were isolated from everything. They were not connected to any network. They were nothing. They were sitting in a room. They were only connected to a the machine. There was only connection between the two. There was no other connection. And there was no chance of any hacker getting in or any kind of malware getting or anything else getting in to kind of disrupt the things. But as things have changed over time, when you look at the train, there's a brake system in the train. Well, brake system has a, you know, brake brake system in it has chips that take the command from different uh, systems. Well, that chip, uh, you know, that command can control Wi-Fi. Well, who's controlling the Wi-Fi? And then chip, where did that chip come from? How open is it? Can I can I can I access it with outside the Wi-Fi? How secure is it? And somebody and we have seen the demo a few years back when that Jeep uh, guy kind of you know to break the you know took control of the, the of the vehicle and you know halted in in the middle of the road. So thing is that all our cars today, whether it's in trains, the buses, are equipped with so much technology that it's almost impossible to uh, kind of to evade any kind of a you know uh, uh, disaster if we do not take appropriate measures cuz anybody can tap into the brake of the train system and imagine somebody pulling the brake on the on a train that's going at 60 70 80 90 100 miles an hour what can happen to that whole train so it's it's very critical and what we do there is build kind of uh, right standards right guidelines for uh, trains, how to protect themselves, how to improve their cybersecurity and stuff like that.
0: Is it almost like everything is a computer now? So. Yep. Is it? So everything needs protection.
1: You know, everything. You know, there is there is no such thing. You know, you look at your car today. Uh, there's a there's a computer in there. You know, there was a recent event that actually happened in one of the neighborhoods. here my friend was kind of showing that the your car remote. When you unlock the car with your car remote, it sends a signal. It's a frequency it sends to the car. And there are free, those frequency scanners that people basically come. There was a, there was a, actually was one of these guys that captured a video. There was this guy walking around the neighborhood, and you have cameras actually monitoring. Even he was able to look at the frequency of the camera, the signal it is getting. It shut down the camera while he was walking around. And then go close to your door because usually our key, key fobs for the you know, remotes for the cars are hanging close to the door, and kind of read the signal from that key fob, and use that to open the car and and take and you uh, I, I know uh, steal the car. We are moved way beyond those good old days where everything was manual, and it's going to get worse. So,
0: to end us off today. Do you have any final advice you will give to any high schoolers who are uh, maybe considering a career or have a possible interest in cybersecurity?
1: What I will say is what I said earlier. Cybersecurity is a great field to be. It's 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 a it's a field that's challenging, but it's a well-paying field as well. If you do plan to make cybersecurity your career, choose well. There are multiple verticals in cybersecurity understand your basically own passion kind of where do you want to be? what kind of a person are you? and then based on that choose the path and also you will feel you will feel uh, resistance along the way. You are not the only one who's trying to get into that field there are others trying to get in the field. Don't ever take a step back. only learn to take a step forward because every time you take a step back somebody else has just gotten ahead of you and you will always find yourself behind somebody so march forward chase your passion if this is what your passion is and do give it your 110% not even not 99.999 no 110% then you can realize it and you know at a very early age you can take your retirement and enjoy the life
0: all right thank you for your time and insights today
1: you are very welcome Aaron
0: and thank you all for listening to today's episode
1: thank you have a wonderful rest of the day